0: Let's take a little
1: time and talk now About the state that we are living in mm. Political spiritual, maybe some laughs While you are listening to Phyllis Faber yeah. favorite listeners. It's Pastor Jonathan Mason, and I'm back in the studio. After three weeks away, I left for Ghana on the 12th, and I want you to know that I had a wonderful experience there, helping the local communities. Uh, We put new roofs on Couple schools uh, made sure a computer lab that we donated was functioning and operational. Uh, we are committed to doing some boreholes, which are wells, uh, in some of the communities there. I've absolutely fallen in love with Ghana. Uh, this would have marked my eighth trip to Ghana. And I plan to go back later this year. And, of course, next year, as long as the Lord allows me, it is a wonderful, wonderful feeling to be able to help. Uh, and and you know what? One of the things that I share with people when I come back from the trip is that it helps you appreciate what you have. It helps you appreciate what God has blessed you with. When you see people who have so much less than you do materially, but are happy, they're praisers, they're thankful to God for all he's done for them. Oh, my gosh. And then, too, if I could just be totally candid, to be able to be in a country where everybody looks like us and it's a peaceful environment where everybody who's in charge from government to business, they're all black folk. And we get along and we're able to conduct business. Now, I'm not saying everything's all right, but everything ain't all bad either. Uh, And so I encourage anybody that can and is able to make their way to the motherland, make that pilgrimage. I I promise you it will change your life. But I'm glad to be back in the pastor's office. I'm glad to be back in Philadelphia. I'm glad to have had the opportunity to preach today to my congregation. I've preached to them since the first Sunday in August. I did preach while I was in Ghana. That was another experience we'll talk about later. I preached with an interpreter, first time ever. Uh, We'll talk about that another time. But again, I'm just glad to be back with you and to uh, be able to talk to you about the issues that are impacting our local community. Hey, the summer is almost over. The kids are back in school. Uh, I see them traversing to and fro. Uh, I want you to know that we are praying for an amazing school year. Uh, for our young scholars, I want to encourage parents. I want to encourage guardians to get engaged. The system works for you when you are engaged, when you are checking homework, when you are going to parent-teacher meetings, when you are involved in every aspect. That's when the system works for you. You know when it doesn't work for you? When you send the school kids to school and then say hello to them when they get home. And there's no further conversation. Get engaged. We want this to be the greatest school year. We've got a new school commissioner that we look forward to talking to here in the next few weeks uh, so that he can introduce himself to you. Uh, we're going. We're, we're back another year where we're in person. And I say that like that's the norm. But, you know, we did have those two, two and a half years where the kids were virtual. So we just want to keep our young people in prayer. Listen, listen, listen. Uh, Let me share this with you. July 23rd, July 23rd, I pulled up in front of a Carvel ice cream in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Been with my sons all day. We've been busy running to and fro, handling certain things for Philly's favor and and for our church. Uh, And so at the end of the day, as a hot day, they said they wanted some ice cream. Okay, no problem. I stop in front of the Carvel ice cream to get them whatever it is they want. Uh, Me and my oldest son got out of the truck. I left my youngest son in the truck, locked it up, kept the air conditioner on because, again, as I said, it was almost 100 degrees outside. My youngest son decided to get out of the truck to come in and follow us. He's 12 years old. Uh, At the time, he was 11. uh, And he did not lock the doors. And, of course, because we were already inside, I didn't know he had gotten out of the truck. As soon as he got out of the truck, cameras show us that somebody in a car that was parked about three cars behind got out. They were dressed in all black, had their COVID mask on, had a cap on, a hoodie. They got in the front seat of my truck, and they took the truck. Now, they couldn't go but so far or do so much because I still had the key. But of course, these cars are able to run uh, while the key is not in the vehicle. But of course, once you turn it off, you can't turn it back on again. Thankfully, I was able to recover my car a couple days later. It had been ransacked. They had been doing, I don't know what they were doing in that vehicle, but it smelled, uh, it had been dented and scratched. It had. Uh, they had pulled paneling down inside of the vehicle. So we sent it over to the dealership to get it repaired. It's still in the shop today. Pastor Mason, why are you bringing this up, other than you just want to download us on information because you haven't been here for a while? No, nope, that's not the reason. Let me tell you why. Because there is a pandemic of car thefts, carjackings, robberies in broad daylight. As a matter of fact, I was just watching a video about uh, child trafficking where young people are being kidnapped off the streets or women are being assaulted. Uh, There is really a pandemic of assault and violence in our urban centers today. Now, here's what I can tell you. If I would have encountered the carjackers— With my kids in the car, I would have just got my kids out, given them the car and let them go on. If I would have encountered the carjackers and my kids weren't in the car, I got to be honest with you, I could have defended myself. I could have defended myself. And I probably would have in some way, which could have gotten me, you know, in some trouble. But do you know that... These criminals, these these individuals that are committing these crimes in broad daylight, in the evening, in the morning, you know, they are assaulting children and women, children and women who, in many cases, can't defend themselves. I was reading about a young man who has worked to attack that issue. And I really admire what he's doing. And so I wanted to bring him into the pastor's office today to talk to us about this issue and how he got involved in arming and equipping women. And when I say arming and equipping women, I don't mean with weapons. I don't mean with guns, knives, or any of that. But I mean with self-defense tactics that can help a woman to defend themselves when they are in a compromising situation where they could be hurt. His name is Lawrence Whitaker. He's an eighth degree black belt. He's a former military, and we certainly thank him for his service. You know what? Let me stop talking. Let me welcome him into the pastor's office. Lawrence Whitaker, come on in, have a seat. How are you today?
0: Outstanding, sir. How
1: are you feeling? You know what? The good Lord keeps blessing me in spite of me, uh, and so you'll never, ever hear me complain. But I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be a part of our show today. And I want to, one, commend you for the work that you're doing, and we're going to certainly educate our audience about it. But but tell me how you got into uh, or, or how helping women, able to defend themselves became a passion of yours,
0: well, I got into martial arts you know way back in the day, a long time ago, you know um you know, like the old school you know I'm old school, so you know back in the Bruce Lee days and all that kind of stuff, you know um and then going to the military and getting out of military and training uh but once I got out of military and started training in martial arts, my sister you know had a you know was dating a guy you know that she thought she could trust and it, it went uh, really bad. And, um, he wound up murdering my sister and, and from that day forward, you know, I just wanted to make sure I could focus on women, you know, uh, in particular, I mean, men also, but women in particular, you know, when it comes to domestic violence and violence against women. And a lot of times, you know, um, men always try to take advantage of women you know, so I started a program awareness and safety program exclusively for women in June, because there was also another young lady that was murdered, you know, not far from the gym I used to have on six and Brown, um, named Sabine O'Donnell. And she was riding her bike and a young, young man tried to steal her bike and he's, um, you know, raped and murdered her and left her in a lot, Mm. you know, so as, you know, as everybody knows, that it's a lot of violence, like you talked about earlier, you know, against women, you know, and children. So I just wanted to put my, um, my bid in because I have some uh, skill set that I can help women, children, and young men, you know, to protect themselves or something like this, you know, comes about. How to look out for, you know, um, aggressive or insecure men.
1: So you founded Urban Defense, LLC. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I founded the Urban Defense Program, you know, back in 1996 down in, um, in Pennsport, you know, for a need to do something a little bit different than the traditional martial arts school, because most martial arts schools, you know, teach, maybe um, want to teach their children discipline and, and have a hobby and or go to sports tournaments or, you know, go professional. But I wanted to make sure that people knew, you know, our particular skill set as to how to protect yourself. You know, as soon as you come in, you don't have to, you know, invest, you know, four or five years before you learn how to actually protect yourself. And a lot of martial arts schools are not getting specifically into personal protection and self-defense, even though you can use some karate programs and some techniques. But urban defense is specific on personal protection and self-defense, you know, where we don't use a lot of, we don't use katas and we don't go to tournaments, you know, our specialty is personal protection. And restraining.
1: So, so let's talk about that a little bit because clearly, as you've enunciated, there is a difference there. Uh, so, you have a young lady who's never been athletic, uh, who's who's you know may not be in the greatest of shape, but recognizes that. You know, there is a need uh, because of what's going on in these streets for for her to be equipped with some way of defending herself. You know, how do you take that person who has no background in in, 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 in this area and and arm them with tools to be able to defend themselves in a the time of trouble?
0: Well, once again, when it comes to protecting yourself, it just depends on, you know, um, how vicious you would like to be. Um, it doesn't take a lot of time to, to disable people if you want to protect your life. So, once again, that's why we don't deal with, you know, boxing or wrestling or things like that. I teach the women and men how to specifically hurt people, well, disable people, you know, a lot faster, you know, when, when we first meet. You know, so it's um, easy um, to to really hurt someone, not to try to restrain them, but to hit them in places where it's going to really hurt. Then a lot of the women, even though I train them, they say, well, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And, and, but so it's up to you, but you want to survive or not, you know, so I teach them about, you know, you know, poking in the eyes and, you know, hitting in the throat and, you know, crushing their private areas and, you know, breaking their feet, things like that, things that are easy to teach, you know, from a 10 year old girl on up to a, you know, sixty-year-old woman. So it becomes really elementary, not to teaching you how to box, you know, or how to wrestle, but really going right to the heart of um, protecting yourself, you know, immediately.
1: Yeah, you know what? I have two sons. Uh, one, one twelve, and one fifteen. Uh, the 15-year-old has taken to wrestling, uh, and the 12-year-old, you know, he had not taken to much of anything but drawing. (laughs) And I I share with them all the time that you never know when you're going to be in a situation where you have to defend themselves. So I talk to them about, uh, and you can probably correct me on my language, but, you know, some of the weakest areas of the body. Like, I, I share with them, you know, hey, the back of the knee. When you hit somebody in the back of the knee, you know, that leg buckles quickly, you know. Uh, you hit somebody, you poke somebody in the eye, and like you said, the groin area is a place you can go quickly if you're in trouble. You know, what are some of those other places? Some of those other quick techniques that you teach uh, that would help somebody to defend themselves when they are in that type of situation?
0: You know, once again, it's just the basic. This is the basic five. You know, your eyes, the throat, the groin, the shin, and the feet. You know, which are really easier. You know, so when it, like some women, you know. You know, um, some women still wear little heels, so it's hard for them to maybe kick a little high. So that's why kicking in the shin is really important to get that distraction. Then you can go for the groin or the eye area, you know. um, You know, so that's um, the basic five that we that we teach. All right. So now tell us, I know
1: every year you do free classes for Philadelphia women. Tell, Tell us a little bit about these free classes you do and why they're free.
0: Well, the classes are free. Once again, you know, you, I just said, you know, my sister was murdered. Then there was another woman that was murdered named Sabina O'Donnell, and she was murdered in June. That was ten years ago, and i was having been having free classes ever since then, every year um, in June, you know, to have free classes, um, as six from six to seven, and then but after the, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of our, um, martial arts classes, you know, um. My facility closed down, so now I'm at the church on 51st and Spruce. The um, Mediator and the Apostle at six o'clock on Wednesdays, and the classes are um, $15 now. You know, and my you can text me at 267-974-0287 if you would like to, you know, come out to a class. So the first class is free. But once again, after that, it's um it's just fifteen dollars a person to come out to the class.
1: Outstanding, and and wh- how many nights a week do you have the class?
0: Um, so far we have it at um, one night one night a week.
1: Listen, I, I want our listeners. This is important because I I talk to you guys all the time, and we we talk about the violence that's going on in Philadelphia uh, and the surrounding areas. And 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 listen, we don't want you to be a victim. Uh, we don't want you to be a victim. And here's a great way uh, for our women to, to be a part of this class. And he doesn't just train women. He trains uh, men and children as well. But I want you to tap into this resource. Uh, and it's only $15 a class. Lawrence, I'm going to ask you again, do me a favor. Just give out all of your contact information uh, and share with them how they can engage with you so we can drive some folk in here and, and get them trained.
0: Okay, the class is on Wednesday from 6 to 7. It's at 51st and Spruce Street at the Mediator in the Apostle Church. Um, You enter the building on 51st Street, and there's parking around there also. So that's where we have our classes. My phone number, you can text me, 267-974-0287, if you want to come out and take a class.
1: All right, Philly's favorite listeners, I want you to do that. Reach out to him. Equip yourself so that you don't have to become a victim. Lawrence, I want to thank you for the work you're doing. And again, let me say this to you. Thank you for your service. Uh, I share that with all of our uh, guests that have served in the military. We really appreciate you, uh, and we don't take your sacrifice for granted. So thank you for all you have done and all you continue to do. And if we can be of service to you uh, as you go forward, don't hesitate to reach out to Philly's favor. We got your back.
0: Oh, I appreciate that, sir. So if it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it.
1: Amen. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages.